Greetings, it's Dave Zorko with Fatterday Omaha, your connection to food, friendship, and the restaurant industry people that make it happen in Omaha and elsewhere. We have a specialized tour guide on the show today. Ryan Cooper, otherwise known as the Barbecue Tourist, focuses his adventures on all things smoky and meaty. I had reached out to Ryan on social media to bring his barbecue knowledge to the microphones to talk about some great spots in Omaha for barbecue. Kind of an overview move. But Ryan brought his A-game and gave us a list to try in Casey as well, and we get into places found elsewhere in the U.S. expanse. So hop on the tour, hang on to your fork, and stay right where you are, and Fatterday Omaha will be right back. Keep listening if you're hungry. You seem hungry. Good thing your table is ready with Fatterday Omaha. Fatterday Omaha. Eat this. This is Dave Zorka with Fatterday Omaha. We are sitting in the KOS radio studios uh, with uh, someone that I have interacted with uh, in and around the social medias, but never got to meet in person until about, I don't know, 10 minutes ago. Right. Um, and that is Ryan Cooper, the barbecue tourist. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. This is so cool. So yeah. uh, I have seen uh, awesome pictures of barbecue from all around this this land and uh so yeah i uh i kind of have a a a not not a hidden agenda a very clear agenda i wanted to talk about some of the awesome things available in omaha because um there are a lot of folks that are oh omaha doesn't have good barbecue and etc and i i might take umbrage with that right so so i brought somebody that uh maybe maybe specializes in such a thing that would be you yes um but for those that don't know Brian Cooper and those that don't know barbecue tourists what what is barbecue tourists all about and and how did you get started like barbecue <laughs> so I got started in barbecue I uh, pretty much I grew up in Kansas City surrounded by barbecue so it's yeah. like kind of a normal part of my my life and then I moved to Omaha uh-huh. and at the time when I moved here 15 years ago there wasn't necessarily the most amazing barbecue scene in the city and so i often would find myself traveling back to kansas city yeah for a great barbecue and i would try to cook at home i was at the time i was a novice at at grilling and at barbecue um so i would hit the road and i would go on these road trips and then when i went down to texas that's when it was like okay this is really kind of like my thing yeah and i decided to start barbecue tourists that would have been Almost six years ago. Wow. Wow. So you've been doing this for quite a while. Yeah. Wow. And how often do you find yourself, I mean, just give or take a little bit, traveling outside of the city to go try something or experience something? Well, whenever, um, before the pandemic, it was a lot. Yeah. I mean, I was going, I would be down in Kansas City at least once a month, and I would be going to Texas or the Carolinas or Memphis um, several times per year or around just the country for various events and festivals. So it was quite quite a lot. But after the pandemic, uh, you know, things kind of slowed down quite sure. a lot. And I started to uh, do a lot more cooking at home yeah. and exploring the local Omaha food scene and, and not just barbecue, but, but everything that I could. Um, I wasn't traveling as much. And that really was great because it opened my eyes to how much great stuff there really is here in Omaha. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so it was great. Wow, so so interesting. So your your initial travels kind of gave you a, a good perspective on, on barbecue, uh, which I think uh, has been said is kind of uh, America's cuisine right. in, in some respects, um, to get that overview. And then coming back here, and then you're kind of focusing your your barbecue lens, if you will, um, on on what we have available here. Yeah, so. and it just so I, I don't know if it just happened to coincide or not, but the scene, the barbecue scene in Omaha, also really started to develop. Yeah, you know, a little bit before the pandemic, but particularly. You know, after the pandemic, the the number of barbecue restaurants and the number of high quality barbecue restaurants in Omaha has has really grown. Yeah, 
Yeah. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. And, and some very uh, recent entries in the yeah. grand scheme of things that I'm sure we'll talk about yes, here in a minute, of course. too. So for those that maybe aren't as familiar with, uh, you know, barbecue in general. So we said you're from KC. You traveled to Texas. Uh, we're talking, you know, Carolinas. And, and so just from a from a real high level perspective, when people are talking about styles, um, maybe from from your view, kind of what's the difference between those regional things, noting, of course, there's so many nuances from restaurant to restaurant or pitmaster to pitmaster. Yeah, so that's what's so funny is when I, you know, growing up in Kansas City, I truly thought, oh, I know everything there is to know really about barbecue. And literally, as soon as I got to Texas, the first restaurant I went to, which is um, called Louis Miller Barbecue, it's a very famous old uh, restaurant. It, I was just blown away at how different it was. I was oh, wow. lost. I was like, what is this? What do I do? How do I order? What, what, what am I doing here? You know, <laughs> kind of thing. And that, I think it was almost challenging for me. And that's what really made me fall in love with it. I was like, wow, this is like, you know, I grew up with this cuisine and yet I traveled down to Texas and it's completely different. And after that, after I went to Texas, I decided, okay, I really need to travel to all the different places, all the major, you know, capitals of barbecue in America and experience the differences and everything. And so the next, after Texas, the next place I went to was North Carolina and, um, yeah, it was the same thing. It was like a, yet a, another completely different experience, different, even different terminology and language and everything like that. So, the terminology is really interesting. Maybe what are some of the the terminology nuances maybe that you found between regions? So, whenever I went to North Carolina, I remember I um, it was another one of those places where you would line up. There was a huge long line. And I think I got the, like the last seat at the bar at oh, this wow. place called Lexington Barbecue in Lexington, North Carolina. Okay. And I was sitting there and I was just staring at the menu and I had no idea like what to do. And the, the owner kind of saw me struggling <laughs> and he came up and he, he asked me, you know, who I was and everything. And so he was explaining to me, he was like, I, I said, well, what is this? Like, what's the difference between a coarse chop and a fine chop? barbecue Mm. plate Mm -hmm. and what's outside brown and so he was explaining to me like okay it's how the how the pork is actually cut up outside brown is like that nice bark on the outside that's kind of more brown in color yeah and has a little bit more um flavor to it and things like that so it was just like little terminology like that or like the slaw that they serve there is called red slaw and they just put just a little touch of ketchup in it to make the slaw red just that color yeah just the color i mean it's got a little sweet flavor to it so just little differences like that it's really unique at this point because you've experienced so much do you have a a favorite style or is it more one of those things like all barbecue is good it's just different and Uh, you know there's just different elements i will say all barbecue is good i'm not one of those people that's like i can i only like you know, my one thing and that's it. And everybody else is bad. Um, but having said that Texas is like a different level. Like it's just like barbecue is so ingrained in the culture there Mm. that it's got a little bit of a special place for me. I see. And it's also that place, like I said, that really kind of kicked off this whole like obsession almost or passion for barbecue for me and um it's such a huge state and they have so many barbecue restaurants i mean it's one of those places where on saturday morning there's you know a huge line starts forming and you meet all the people in line and become friends and everything and so it's it's really special to me now having said that um i've been to to kansas city and to texas quite a lot especially in the last few years and so sure Coming up in the next year, I'm really wanting to get back down south and go to some different places, some other southern states to explore the bar- barbecue scenes down there. That's awesome. And and you were mentioning, you know, the long lines, whether that's, you know, Carolina or whatever, and, and you got the last 
plate there that was available. I think sometimes, and, and this is a newer, a newer concept for Omaha, is I went to a barbecue place, they close at 2 o'clock, and I got there at 1.45, and they're out of some type of meat that I was looking for. And I think the Omaha populace sometimes was like, well, what do you mean you're, you're out? But from what I understand, that is a somewhat normal thing. You better get there early to get the meat that you want or the distribution of things that you want. That's right. Yeah. And that's even a new thing in Kansas City, to tell you the truth. There's hundreds of barbecue restaurants in KC. Yeah. And so for that kind of more Texas-style barbecue or craft barbecue to to basically cook enough and then sell out, it, that's kind of a new concept. Although that is also present in the Carolinas as well, because mm-hmm. I and I have a story about that. I drove all the way from Omaha to North Carolina, and I was staying in in Raleigh and uh-huh. decided to drive. I think it's two hours east of Raleigh to Skylight Inn, which is a very famous barbecue restaurant that serves whole hog. They've the family's been doing it for you know 150 years or something like that. Wow. So I drove two hours there, and I was so excited, and then crestfallen to pull up and see the big sign on butcher paper that said sold out, oh, you know, no. and I had to drive <laughs> two hours back with no barbecue, you know, it was like, and oh. so the next day, you better believe I got up early first thing and jumped in the car and I got there and, you know, as soon as I could. So Jeez. that's just one of those lessons in barbecue that you learn Yeah, is you got to get there quickly. The time and preparation and limited room in the smoker, you just can't cook a good brisket in 30 minutes. It's just not happening. No, yeah. I mean you I mean 12 hours is what it's going to take. Right. It's not like a burger place where you can just throw something on the grill and it's and it's done. Um, so you really have to plan ahead, you know, a day or two or more in advance on how much you're really going to cook. And unfortunately, people don't often understand that. They don't understand that when it comes to things selling out. And they also don't understand that often when it comes to how expensive things are. And oh, they yeah. just really need to understand, you know, I mean, prices are going up um, all over the place with meat in particular. But um you know, it also takes a lot. It takes time. It takes a lot of, um, you know, a, just a lot of different resources to be able to produce that nice uh, sliced brisket or, or uh, pulled pork sandwich. And people don't often realize that. You know, a lot of these pitmasters are sleeping next to the smoker, putting wood in it when it needs it, checking temperatures. and Yeah, I mean, it sounds a lot more romantic than it really is. (laughs) It's hot, you know, hot in the summer, dirty, smoky, smelly, uh, hard work. And people, you know, that's that's kind of something to really admire those pit masters that they dedicate their lives. They really, you know, sacrifice quite a lot to Mm. get us that that brisket or that uh, pulled pork sandwich or whatever it is, they they really put a lot of time and effort into it. Some of these little places probably don't have a giant staff either. It's that same person that just pulled it off the smoker and and they're serving it to you or whatever too. That's so. right, and they're and they're doing you know they're doing all the accounting and they're ordering everything. They're doing the social media, and the marketing, and so yeah, a lot of times it's it's a, a skeleton crew that's doing everything that you see when you get to the restaurant. So you published the smoke sheet also, correct? Yes, that's right. And so that's another story is I was actually, you know, standing in line at a famous uh, restaurant in Texas called Snow's Barbecue. And there was a guy in line ahead of me that was talking about barbecue. And I was like, wow, this guy, he knows just as much about barbecue as me. And he's just as into it as me. And it turns out it uh, it was a, a gentleman named Sean Ludwig from New York, actually originally from Kansas City as well. Uh-huh. Well, we hit it off and became good friends and kept in touch. And a few months later, you know, he and I were talking and we're like, hey, let's start, let's start a newsletter. Let's write about this. Let's create this publication that um, is something we would want to read. And mm-hmm. that's exactly what we did. So 
Uh, we just celebrated our fifth year of publication, um, a weekly barbecue wow. newsletter called The Smoke Sheet. So in addition to the awesome pictures on, on social for barbecue tourists and, and for those that haven't read The Smoke Sheet, what type of content are you curating and, and how does a person get that newsletter? So uh, the t- kind of uh, content we curate, we we write a little bit of original content. So every, every week we either Sean or I write something or we often have guest writers who write uh, stories about barbecue. And then we also grab, you know, the 10 or so biggest headlines across the nation on what's happening in the barbecue world. And we also try to recommend um, either a podcast or uh, a YouTube video or a book. And we also put in a a recipe as well um, from friends of ours or our own recipes. And we also have an events list for any, especially in the, you know, warmer months when there are barbecue festivals or competitions or things like that that the public can go to. We like to have, you know, a list of events uh, for the public that uh, people can go and check out the barbecue scene. If somebody wants to get that newsletter, what's the process of getting that delivered? So the easiest way is um, just to go to bbqnewsletter.com, and that'll take you to our the Smoke Sheets website, and there you can get the link to subscribe. Just this year, we moved to a you know a subscription uh, based publication, so it does actually you know we charge a, a nominal fee. It's uh, either five bucks a month or fifty dollars a year for a weekly publication. Although we also send out a free, um, shorter issue once a week as well. So even if you sign up for the f- free publication, you're going to get something every week. You'll hear from us. We've put a lot of passion into it. We've put a lot of our own money into traveling all over the place, and we just thought it would be good to you know, offset those costs a little bit where we're definitely not in this to make big bucks or anything sure. like that. We're just trying to to cover our costs to be able to get out there and tell these stories about these amazing pit masters and about all these great products and, uh, you know, all sorts of things about this, this uh, lifestyle. You know, you had mentioned competition as well. And uh, one of those things that often gets thrown out on social media all the time is somebody goes to a restaurant and says, boy, this isn't competition barbecue. Two years ago now, I was like, okay, I've never been to a barbecue competition before. I see this thrown out there all the time. I go to these you know, restaurants, I'm like, I really enjoy this. What's the deal? I went and I got my KCBS uh, CBJ because my certified barbecue judge, because I was like, I want to know what is actually being judged? What's the process? And, and what's the reality of, of the thing? And I think uh, Blaine Hunter, a, a uh, quite a good uh, competitor here in the Omaha area, owner of Porky Butts, would probably tell you there's just a little bit of difference between what gets put on a competition plate and then what gets served in a restaurant typically. Could you um, kind of expand on that a bit, on maybe some differences that people might see in a restaurant versus what competition is about? Yeah, absolutely. So competition, you know, for the judges, these pit masters are basically, they're trying to serve them the most flavorful bite that they can. So they're trying to pack as much flavor as they can into one bite because judges, they have to take several bites of uh, ribs, chicken, brisket, you know, pork. And so they're only really going to take one, maybe two bites of each uh, entry that they're served. And so given that fact, the pitmasters are injecting their meats with all sorts of stuff. Um, they're really heavily seasoning it. They're really packing a lot of flavor into each bite. You could not go to a restaurant and do that. For for one, it would be cost prohibitive, but otherwise your guests could not eat that much <laughs> uh, flavor. It would just be so heavy and kind of, it would be kind of gross to be honest, to eat like a whole uh, porky platter that was prepared uh, competition style. I, I think it would be way too much. So those are 
those are really the big differences that I see in the actual food. The other thing too is the the presentation, at least for, for Kansas City uh, competition, presentation on plates is very specific and the rules are very specific and may not allow a restaurant to be as flexible. I mean, if they were to just go by those standards, I mean, I can only put green lettuce with my barbecue, right? I can't, you know, so the restaurant can do a lot more things than they might be limited to even in a competition. Absolutely. I mean, uh, Blaine, for instance, from Porky Butts, I've gone and kind of shadowed him at different competitions, including the American Royal. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, he may cook six racks of ribs or something just to pull out, you know, six or ten rib bones to put in the box. The perfect ones. The perfect, most beautiful, most flavorful ribs. And so you just could not do that at a restaurant. You would be wasting so much food if you did that. And so restaurants, obviously, they're going to serve, you know, they may there may be things that they trim and toss and things like that, but for the most part, they're going to serve uh, things that would not get put into a box at a competition necessarily. That's a pretty expensive uh, lifestyle, as you said. Yeah, I mean, it's they're they're not doing it for the money for sure. I mean, they're they're doing it for the camaraderie and and the love of competition, um, but it's very few people that are out there. Even breaking, even. breaking even, <laughs> you know, they're spending a lot of their time and their money uh, to basically get kind of a cheap trophy at the end, or or maybe a, a few dollars to offset their costs a little bit. But it's really a labor of love. Speaking of labor of love, so I think you had mentioned that after traveling to Texas and experiencing those things, you decided to also start cooking your own barbecue. What's that been like? Well, so I I cooked uh, before I started barbecue tourists, and I cooked very badly. <laughs> you know, I struggled with it, and but you know, it was still fun and um, interesting. Yeah. But yeah, once I really started barbecue tourists, I, I decided, okay, I want to learn as much about this as I can. I want to know the process. I want to be able to talk to the pitmasters and know their language and and sort of know a little bit about what they do. Yeah. And so, yeah, I started cooking at home. I bought, I got a somewhat cheap uh, smoker uh, given to me and struggled with that. And then I decided, okay, I better, I really like this. I better upgrade a little bit. And, and since then I've acquired or accumulated lots of grills and smokers. And so now I have, you know, a, a nice arsenal of different tools to cook on and I've, I've gotten a lot better that's for sure but I've I've ruined plenty of briskets and <laughs> uh, uh, made a lot of uh, mistakes and everything learned the hard way but now I think I, I can hold my own I'm not exactly going to go out there and win the American Royal or anything I wouldn't even want to try but I think the the food that I cook at home is pretty darn good I wanted to talk with you about maybe some of the places in Omaha sure. that, that you enjoy. Um, if you want to put them in a specific order, you can, but you certainly don't have to. But I thought it'd be kind of fun to get a, a barbecue overview of, of Omaha. And uh, maybe even we'll travel to KC. I see some good extensive notes over there. <laughs> so, uh, we, well, I guess, would you like to start in Kansas City or would you like to start in Omaha? Oh, let's start in Omaha. Let's for do sure. it. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, at the place, we'll just go ahead and start with Porky Butts. And that is actually... Actually, the restaurant I go to the most because I live in Elkhorn, so it's rather close for me. Sure. In fact, I often run into Blaine, and he says, "Don't you don't you want to eat someplace else?" Sometimes, you know, he sees me all the time. So, <laughs> yeah, Porky Butts is a good start. It's a you know wonderful restaurant. There's something there for kind of most people, including my family, who don't really like barbecue at all. My oh, son no. <laughs> and my wife aren't aren't huge fans, but they yeah. They really like Porky Butts. Um, the things that I like at Porky Butts, I always love to get the ribs yeah. and the burnt ends there. Mm-hmm. And I'm also addicted to the fries. I I just sit there and could even when I'm totally stuffed, I continue to to eat the fries at Porky Butts. 
I really dig his uh, the the Texas poutine. I like the one that he does with uh, the house chips, the really crunchy chips that he has. Um, when he was just doing uh, takeout during the pandemic and things like that, I, I got those, and it was nice because he packed uh, really smartly. So all the wet ingredients together and the dry ingredients separate. So by the time I got home and could combine those, and it's like you've got chips and barbecue and cheese and all these good things. And and I agree. I think Porky Butts is um, probably has the most extensive hours of, of many of the restaurants around town. Definitely. And if you need to seat a, a large family or take care of a very big catering operation, I think he really kind of specializes. He, he can do that type of volume. Um, he's got that newer kitchen now with uh, some pretty pretty big smokers in there, yeah, which is really, definitely, really cool. Definitely. Love it. Love it. All right. Where, where else should we travel? Let's see. Another place that opened, uh, I would say, maybe a little bit before the pandemic, is uh, Smoke and Barrel. Yeah. That is in Millard and another great place. Uh, the pitmaster's name is Wayne, and he had a little stint down in Texas and also fell in love with barbecue. And so he does really, really good kind of Texas-style uh, brisket. Um, mm-hmm. Incredible. I like his ribs, and I also like his potato salad. Yes, yes, the potato salad, because the, the sides there are very simple. It's like a bag of chips, potato yep. salad, beans, and that's it. But I that potato salad and a side of pickles are like a, a necessary exactly. every time I go there. Yeah, that place is really, really good. I need to get back there. I haven't been there in a while, and that's one of those places it's like – you know, I, I just need to carve out some time and make my way over to Millard and, and grab some lunch there. But that's another place that, you know, you got to kind of make sure you get there um, earlier if you can. It's sort of limited days that they're open and, and it's really kind of a lunch spot for the most part, I think. I don't know if they serve dinner or not. Agreed. I don't believe at the at the time of this recording that, that he has uh, dinner hours and I think he's usually 11 to 2 or 11 to 3. One of the things I like there too, you, you had mentioned the I love the brisket and ribs. His brisket, super good and uh, a different model because he's got the meat right at the counter and it's Wayne behind there cutting your meat to order. And I always appreciate that if I want either the point or the flat, you know, lean or fatty brisket, he'll get me whichever I want for That's my right. sandwich, yeah. which which is a super cool thing. And, and you're right, that potato salad is really yeah, good. Yes. Yeah, over on Discovery Drive in Millard, uh, kind of by the Millard Airport. And boy, you gotta, you gotta look for them a little bit. They're, they're yeah, tucked in there. They are, they yeah. are. Yeah, oh, perfect. All right, so we've got uh, Porky Butts, Smokin' Barrel. What's next? Okay, so another place, a little bit newer spot, and this is in Papillion, and this is Jay's Smokehouse. Yeah. And um, that is another kind of Texas-style place, one of the only spots in town where uh, the pitmaster, James, actually smokes on a, a Texas-style offset smoker. Actually, he has two of them. So he's actually outside in the elements, you know, putting wood on the fire and everything, not not indoors like a lot of the commercial kitchens at other barbecue restaurants or other uh, places in town. And uh, he does a phenomenal job with his food. He was originally located in a karate school. Yes. And that's the first time I went and, and visited him probably a year or so ago. He was in a karate school. Went back a few months ago this summer and was just blown away at how much he had improved. I, I would think like it almost seemed like night and day how how different the food was and how just amazing the transformation was once he went to the new spot, which is in an American Legion, I yep, think, building. Yep, so, downtown Papillion, so uh, 84th, and uh, I don't think it's Washington. I think it's a little bit farther. Yeah, just uh, a little bit, I think so. Right by the park there. But yeah, in yeah. American Legion, uh, there was a restaurant there before. Uh, the karate studio, I thought, was fun just because yeah, it was so unique. very different, yeah. Yeah, but you know what? In the, the, the Legion, having been over there, you're right. He's got those two smokers outside. He's got a dedicated area for it, and he's got more seating, and uh, which, which is great. But I would agree. I had a phenomenal uh, meal there, just delicious, and I really appreciated that uh, all the sides were, were unique 
and flavorful to to Jays as well. In addition to the the meats being good and and a good value on some of those larger uh, plates that uh, that you can share. Yeah, if you go to Jays, you've got to get the ribs. His ribs are phenomenal, and then um, he, he serves tacos and all the smoked meats on the tacos. But like one of the things that he's just added to the menu is a smash burger. And he, oh. what he does is he takes his briskets and he trims them for the smoker and he uses those trimmings in his smash burgers. Hello. It is phenomenal. He's come up with some sort of secret sauce that's super good. And um, I ordered a double smash burger and I added jalapenos and the works and it was just one of the best burgers I've ever had. Wow. Now he's kind of adopted my my little model there so now he <laughs> he serves the smash burgers with the sauce and with jalapenos and he puts at least one slice of brisket on the burger as well now oh, wow. so you get a brisket kind of a, topper yeah oh my goodness so instead of bacon it's brisket and so just a phenomenal burger that's something i hope he does more of and he is open extended hours he serves dinner i believe he's open all but all but maybe two days a week. So it's a lot easier to get in and out yeah. and get food at Jay's. All right. Where do we travel to next? All right. I got to do a special shout out for this place. So Mission Avenue Barbecue mm-hmm. in Bellevue is a fantastic place. The pitmaster and owner, Scott Fogel, again, it has a Texas connection. He's from Texas originally, and he worked at some of the best barbecue restaurants in the country down in Texas. And so we are really fortunate to have him up here in our area. Um, He does fantastic brisket. He does great tacos, a lot of different Texas style um, dishes there. And then I, I have to kind of call this out, but I was honored that he actually put a, a item on the menu for me called the Barbecue Tourist Platter. It's huge. Which is basically <laughs> everything on the menu almost. You know, it's like you go in there and order everything. But I thought it was pretty clever because it's like you're doing – it's almost like, you know, the tour of Italy. Italy. Yeah. But it's the barbecue version and it's a lot larger and great value. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. And, and I think that's a good strategy, too, especially for somebody like myself where I'm going into a restaurant and I want to try everything. I love the fact that, you know, both uh, Jay's and uh, Mission Ave and, well, Porky Butts has, like, the porky platter. But there's some good, like, you know, three or four. I think Jay's has a, a sampler where it's, like, something of everything. Or like, as you're talking to about Mission here um, with the uh, barbecue tourist, uh, you know, that's that's such a fun move. So <laughs> Yeah, and the other thing I'll say about um, Mission Avenue is he serves some of the best turkey. And turkey is really underrated. Mm. You know, a lot of people, turkey kind of just gets relegated to the Thanksgiving meal. And it's sort of an afterthought. But, like, his turkey is really fantastic. And so I highly recommend that if you go there and you you want something maybe a little lighter, maybe you don't want to load up on brisket, Yeah, definitely give that turkey a try. In your opinion, kind of what makes it extra special? Is it just super juicy? It's or very like- juicy. It's not overly smoky. It's, it's never dry. Yeah. And just has really good flavor. I think I had talked to... I guess his sous chef, there was somebody else back there cutting meat and working on some things. And she was saying that uh, I think when they first got here, they were cooking with mesquite, but it was really hard to get. And I think, I want to say they switched to apple or pecan. I don't remember, but the... Probably pecan, pecan. yeah, yeah. But the the brisket and uh, actually a lot of the places we're talking about, Jay's too, the, the smoke is an excellent note but it's never overpowering at any of those places either because you know you're you're not there to you know taste soot and you know it's it's exactly. a, it's a flavor built into the the barbecue and i i think uh, mission ave uh, does that very well yeah so, definitely for sure so if you're super hungry you can try the barbecue tourist platter but right. you, you better bring your appetite cuz i right. i saw you holding that thing and wow that's a lot of meat yeah and it and that was just the meat so there's another platter that has all the sides and everything like that too so come hungry 
That's wonderful. Well, we hit some some super gems there. Do you have anything else on your on your Omaha list you want to get out there? Just at least, I mean, gosh, I could go on all night and and tell you all the places. But one other place I want to shout out is Rib Shack Smokehouse. Yeah, Jackie. Yeah, just that that restaurant reminds me more of what I grew up with. Mm-hmm. You know, they're originally from St. Louis, right? And so it's old school barbecue. There's lots of sauce on it. Yes. You know, maybe it's not necessarily on a, um, you know, picture perfect platter. It's kind of served in an aluminum foil pan. Right. But it is delicious. I love their ribs. I love just all their sides. Their sides are great. They have some good soul food sides that I just love. So uh, Rib Shack's another place that I try to get over to whenever I can as well. I love that. Her uh, mac and cheese is awesome. Uh, One of the few female pitmasters that we have around town also. maybe the only. Maybe the only one. Definitely the first that I know of. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. When I'm looking to get messy with some barbecue. Yeah, that's right. Rib Shack will hook you up and and that mac and cheese is fire. And uh, the turkey leg. Kind of a, an unsung hero, too. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you want to feel like a a, a cave person, go order that turkey leg and just <laughs> That's gnaw right. It. Not only that, but they've started adding uh, beef ribs on their menu more regularly. Oh, I know Porky Butts has that as a special, you know, once a month or so. Yeah. Or once in a blue moon. But, um, yeah, I'm seeing that on Rib Shack's uh, menu more often, and it is really good to get that big beef rib. That's a great move. And there's lots of other smaller spots around too, like, uh, you know, Wayne's New School. As you said, the barbecue scene in Omaha has grown so much over the last five years, yes. or, you know, and, and 10 years, definitely. You could take a tour of Omaha now. You could. I, I did that a few years ago, actually. I went on a tour of a lot of the spots I hadn't been to before. So I went to Wayne's. I went to Heartland. Oh, yeah. I went to Jim's Rib Shack. And we just made a day of it. We actually hit three or four spots in a day, and it was a lot of fun. I love it. So, yeah, you can definitely do a little tour in Omaha. I know that you you have a list of uh, KC spots over there, so you're originally from KC. Boy, that's a question that gets asked a lot. I get asked that question is, I'm going to Kansas City. Where should I go eat barbecue? That's right. Yeah, I get asked that at least a few times a week. Right. You know? And um, I always have follow-up questions because Ooh, it's like not it. like, uh, you know, that there's just one or two spots. There's literally over 100 barbecue restaurants in KC. So I always like to kind of gauge, you know, okay, when are you going? Are you, you going to be there on a Sunday or a Monday? Are you going to have your kids with you? You know, I there lots of questions to kind of – steer people in the right direction but i do have some and most of them are you know relatively new in the uh, the last few years that are really special and really different so i'm not going to just name kind of like the the usual suspects from kansas city um the first place that i'll mention actually did just get named uh number one barbecue restaurant in kansas city and that's chef jay they are located in the West Bottoms of Kansas City. They're okay. actually co-located with the Beast Haunted House. Oh, in the, it's kind of funny. That's wild. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's kind of the, the area of town that has the haunted houses and stuff like that. So they're located down there. Wonderful, amazing food, fantastic brisket, ribs. All the sides are stellar. It's just like one of those places that you cannot go wrong. However, you got to get there early. Mm. The good thing, though, about Chef Jay is just this year, they opened a spot at Kauffman Stadium for oh. Royals games and at Arrowhead. So now they, you know, they serve wow. their barbecue there as well. So if you can't get to the restaurant, if you're at a game, you can still get some just top-notch, phenomenal barbecue. That's quite an expansion there to go from one spot next to a haunted house to <laughs> we're at two, you know, super major stadiums. So yeah. wow, wow. Oh, crazy. And I, I I have not heard of them, so that's that is fantastic. Yeah, you definitely have to go check them out for sure. They are amazing. Yeah, yeah. Where else? So uh, another fantastic spot, rather new. Okay. 
um, and very different concept. And this is a place called Buck Tui Barbecue, and they are in Overland Park. They are a, an amazing fusion of Thai cuisine and barbecue. Yeah. So it's the owners of Waldo Thai, which is probably the best, uh, one of the best Thai restaurants in the country, definitely in Kansas City. And so they take elements of their Thai uh, heritage and they incorporate that with Kansas City barbecue. Everything on the menu is top notch. You can't go wrong, but um, definitely I would go for some of their more fusion uh, menu items, not, you know, don't just get ribs and brisket, but they serve amazing brisket rangoons. So like oh. a crab rangoon, <laughs> but with brisket instead, uh, sausage dumplings, uh, red curry, burnt ends. Oh my gosh. And then they have a brisket pad thai, and then they have um, pineapple rib fried rice. So wow. lots of Asian uh, fusion with Kansas City barbecue. It's really unique. That and sounds amazing. Also, um, you can also find them in Arrowhead Stadium as well if you're down there for a Chiefs game. So wow, another place that that has a restaurant and a, a spot at Arrowhead. Brisket Rangoon. Yes. Oh, hello. <laughs> yeah, phenomenal. That's awesome. Well, where else would we travel to in KC? So another place that. Maybe, you know, if you're from Omaha and you're driving down to Kansas City, you're probably going to pass this place. And that is Scott's Kitchen and Catering. It's near the airport. Okay. It's a very small place. More catering, I would say, to, um, you know, airport travelers and things like that. They're only open weekdays and they're open for breakfast and lunch. They're oh. not like a dinner spot. Okay. It's a small spot. You got to get in there, get your food. And, Get out of there, you know. <laughs> but um, everything there is phenomenal. They have really good tacos, um, barbecue tacos. They also do um, burritos and bowls and breakfast bowls, things like that. So a little bit, you know, more unique items, I would say, there. And just everything there is really good as well. Anything else hiding on that super list that okay, you have over there? Okay, one more kind of unique place. This is, again, not a place that everybody – has heard of unless they're super into barbecue. This is a pop-up, but it's in a kind of a fine dining restaurant. Oh. So the fine dining restaurant is uh, Fox and Pearl. Okay. And the pop-up is called Night Goat. Awesome. <laughs> Unique name, I know. Um, so Night Goat is only open at this time, only open on Sundays. Oh. As a pop-up inside Fox and Pearl. Uh-huh. Um, the owner of Fox and Pearl is a, you know, trained chef and butcher. And so he uses that culinary background to do some unique, uh, things with barbecue. He does a lot of interesting sausages, lots of cured meats, things like that. Um, I just learned that Night Goat is going to soon be moving to their own space oh. and expanding. They're going to kind of go for more of a... A dive bar kind of cool place where you can get a cocktail. You can get, you know, barbecue late late at night if you want, and they'll be open at least, I think, five days a week. So expanded hours from their, you know, one day a week pop-up at Fox and Pearl. So that place is another hidden gem that everybody needs to kind of get down there and experience. I love that you brought the deep cut B-side recommendations of these super places because, you know, it's quite often somebody will say, okay, you know, hit the classics. We got to, you know, Arthur Bryant's and Gates and Jack Stack. And then we got to hit Q39 and we got to hit Slaps. And I I would not turn my nose up at any of those places. I often recommend the, you know, Joe's Kansas City at oh, the yeah. gas station. That's such a cool experience. Jack Stack's an amazing place for a great sit-down sit meal. Uh, Q39, another place where kind of people that don't like barbecue can still go there and have a great experience. So, I mean, Kansas City really just has so much. But I did want to kind of give some some newer and more kind of different and interesting yes. recommendations for people. That's awesome. Well, in, in this list that you so kindly prepared, are there any places that that we have not covered yet? Or did we make it through the, the, the Ryan Cooper barbecue tourist list? 
We made it through the list of restaurants, but there is one other kind of local place that I want to um, shout out, and that is actually a, a beef provider here in the Omaha area, and that's Rake's Beef. Okay. So another thing I do in addition to barbecue tourists and the smoke sheet is I work with Rake's Beef as one of their ambassadors, and I do some social media content for them. They they are an amazing place. They're one of those places that I discovered during the pandemic when I was kind of like stuck stuck here, and I'm like, okay, I got to write the smoke sheet. What am I going to write about? Yeah. I discovered Rake's Beef in Ashland, and they're, they're this you know, farm that's been around for five generations. They've been around for a long time, but they kind of switched their model and they're now, um, they're purveyors of Wagyu beef. So it's super high quality, nice and fatty and juicy, uh, delicious uh, beef. Highly recommend everybody try that. Super good for me as a barbecue guy because, you know, it's got lots of fat and so, it's very forgiving if you're kind of a novice pit master, you know, you can, yeah. you're not going to kind of dry it out or make it uh, not very flavorful. So highly recommend uh, people check that out. And then just like Omaha, we, in this area, we are blessed with so many good kind of places to get good, good meat, good things yeah. for the barbecue and grill. I mean, there's just so many different places. There's Cure in Fort Calhoun. There's mm-hmm. Just Good Meats. Rick's Meats out in Elkhorn where I'm at. Like I could go shopping every day of the week in a different place and get super high quality stuff for the grill or the smoker. So we're really fortunate to have that here. That's awesome. And then we also have Helping You Barbecue. And, oh. and, and those, you know, those folks out there, whether it's you need a smoker or seasoning or, or everything, they're local and they're there because they love barbecue. And yes. they literally are there to help you barbecue. That's <laughs> right. I, I buy way too many uh, seasonings and sauces there. <laughs> my my house looks like it's an annex of their uh, of their <laughs> place. Uh, but I like to go there and just, you know, try new things out and I'll ask them for recommendations and they'll usually steer me in the right direction. They also have a little area where you can kind of test out rubs or sauces and see if it's something you might like. Oh, that's fun. And I didn't even know. I've been in there a hundred times. I didn't know that they had like a testing. Yeah, uh, they have oh, a little tester fun. area in the back. It's sort of in the back wall. And so you can go out and they have kind of open bottles of of both um, seasonings and sauces that you can try out, which is great. So the process, and they do, you just take a little sauce and you just put it on your wrist and behind your ear and just see how yeah, it smells. Yeah, and then, just yep, see yep. how, how it, <laughs> They also have really good classes there. I've taken some of yeah. their, their classes. I took like a holiday meats class and a brisket class, I think, there too. I even did a, a whole hog uh, class with uh, the gentleman from Cure. Oh, cool. Uh, Chad. Fort, yeah. yeah, Chad from Fort Calhoun and, and just, you know, try to learn as much as I can. So that's a really good resource if you're wanting to kind of try to cook some of the stuff at home. Before we kind of sign it off on on the microphones and everything there too, anything else you want to get out there and or where are the best places to keep track of what is going on with barbecue tourist and smoke sheet and everything else? So the best place to keep up with me and barbecue tourist is on Instagram, BBQ tourist and Facebook as well. I have Twitter and, and all the other uh, things, There's but so Instagram many. for sure is, is where I'm extremely active. Um, and then the smoke sheet is at the smoke sheet on all of the, the channels as well. Or you can just go to bbqnewsletter.com that links you to all our, our channels and you can kind of see where we're going to be traveling. I think we're going to kind of start incorporating travel again more hey. in 2024. We're putting feelers out to see, you know, if people have recommendations on where we should go. Is there a new city out there that's kind of got a burgeoning barbecue scene? Or is there a particular restaurant in an area that maybe we haven't heard of that's coming up? And so I think early in 2024, we're going to be hitting the road and exploring again, which I'm really looking forward to. How do you find a place that you're like, man, I'm going to drive to North Carolina to try barbecue? I'm one of those people that I just do as much research ahead of time as I can. And so 
I've been to very few bad barbecue places for that reason because I've done so much kind of legwork ahead of time that I know that the places I'm going to go to are going to be high quality. Gotcha. And so that's the key is just really explore online, you know, watch YouTube, get on social media. You can definitely kind of tell a lot about a place by just kind of looking at photos of the food, ask friends for recommendations. You can also tell like if you're if you're at a place and there's a line wrapped <laughs> around the block, hey, that place is probably pretty darn good and maybe you ought to pull over and get in that line. Well, well, the last thing I'll ask you about, because I saw a picture of this and I've, I've never had one, but it was on, on your uh, Instagram, actually. Tell me about the Thor's hammer. Okay, so <laughs> that's a new that's a new cut that Rake's Beef actually oh. um, has. And so it is an incredible um, you know piece of meat. It's a beef shank. It literally looks like a, a huge Thor's hammer. Um, <laughs> I guess I had seen him on Instagram, but didn't really know. And then uh-huh. when Lindsay Rakes, the owner of Rakes Beef, gave me a Thor's hammer, I was just like, oh, my God, this is massive. Like, how am I ever going to eat this? So it's a beef shank. It's got the bone. The bone has all this, you know, marrow and juice in there. And so what I did, I just kind of smoked it uh, on the smoker. It took 12 hours to cook the thing. Oh, my. The drippings from that, I... I put a, a pot of beans underneath it to catch all oh, that, I saw that. Yeah. wonderful flavor because <laughs> you don't want to lose that. You know, you take it off the smoker, it rests for a while, and then you can just basically kind of pull it like pulled pork. It just sort of crumbles Goodness. in your hands. And uh, so I served it on top of mashed potatoes with vegetables. It's uh, maybe a little less barbecue-y. Sure. But, um, delicious. Just delicious. That's one of those kind of showstopper, like – pieces of meat that you want to impress people. So I would highly recommend if anybody's looking for something a little different, if they don't want to serve turkey or ham or even prime rib, you want to do something different and you have a smoker, maybe try the Thor's hammer. Thor's hammer. Yeah. And actually I will say uh, they're really reasonably priced. If you're local to Omaha, I think Rake's Beef's Thor's hammers are only about $85. You can pick them up at Muchachos, either here in Omaha or in Lincoln, or you can pick it up in Ashland. So if you order it online, I think it's probably about double the price. But if you're local to Omaha, it's very reasonable. That's awesome. How how heavy is the hammer? It's it's about five or it's over five pounds. It's six pounds or so. You know, it's a big chunk of meat and the bone is is quite a lot, but that has all the marrow and the juice and everything. So you got to have that bone in there. Well, Ryan Cooper, thank you so much from Barbecue Tourist and the Smoke Sheet for coming in and helping me learn more about barbecue, some awesome places to go. I loved our Omaha overview, our Casey overview. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. We'll sign it off here. And uh, this is Dave Zorka with Saturday Omaha. And until we eat again, stay hungry. Bye. Our show is recorded and produced by Fatterday Omaha. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, as well as email FatterdayOmaha at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and stay hungry. Fatterday Omaha. Eat this.